you and you. Our lesson this morning is coming from Psalms number one. And when you have it, say amen. We thank Brother, Brother Tim for that message last week. And uh, we just give God the praise. have it, it reads, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth its fruit in this season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly should not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There's a blessing in the reading of God's word for the edification of our soul, for the brevity of time. I'm only going to concentrate my lesson on verses 1 through 3. Can you say amen? Amen. The title of my message is called The Blessed Man. The outline of my study is number one, a life of sanctification. Number two, a life saturated in the word of God. And number three, a life of stability, prosperity, and maturity. You know the Psalms, don't you? All the great Psalms, like Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Like, um, Psalm 106, like Psalm 100, like Psalm 150. All of these are great psalms for the edification of our soul. The Psalms is a hymn book of Israel history and has more than 150 chapters than any book of the Bible. David wrote 73 chapters they said someone else anonymously wrote some more chapters. And then some other praise and worship leaders like Asaph and Moses, they wrote a few chapters. But today we want to concentrate on this psalm, Psalm number one. Some will say that Christian life is old-fashioned and old fogey. Some would say this psalm is a contrast between 
the ungodly, and the godly. But also in this psalm, there's a situation or what we're trying to help the people see is that daily the world is being brainwashed by social media networking. People are being brainwashed by TV, magazines, radio, etc. They're being brainwashed into thinking that the sinful life is the good life. That the sinful life is the good life because they're in pursuit of power, money, fame, and control. But this psalm, number one, shows us where real commitment, contentment comes from. They think people think they're happy when they have a lot of things, that they have power, that they have position, they have authority. They think they, they, that brings contentment. But this psalm is saying that's not what brings true contentment. Psalm number one said, the blessed man is he that is happy and contented, a man or woman of God, regarding their new life in Christ. Your new life in Christ is what brings true commitment and contentment. It says, First Peter says, 4 and 4 says, they think it's strange that you don't run with them to the same access, a life of sanctification. We don't run with the crowd like we used to run. People think that you're strange because you don't hang out with them anymore. You know? Can I get an amen? amen. amen. But this separation is not a separation of isolation because if it becomes a separation of isolation, then what happens is that you would not be able to minister to the lost. Right. But it's a, it's, a, it's a separation where to, to, that we make a contrast, that they would see a difference in our life, that, that maybe they might want to come to the Savior. Right. Right. The blessed man avoids the slow progression of sin. I was looking at Lot last night. Lot saw Sodom. He saw Sodom. He told his uncle Abraham, I got to get over there to Sodom. <laughs> it looked like a beautiful place. Then what happened when he saw Sodom, he walked into the city of Sodom. And, and when he walked into the city of Sodom, he saw something else. Slow progression of sin. Yeah. Ephesians 4 and 1, that we need to guard our walk. We need to have a walk worthy of your calling. Enoch, he walked with God. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that a man walked with God? Yes. Yes. And Enoch wasn't no space cadet. He wasn't nothing 
nothing special. He was just a man just like me and you were. Or we, you are. Man, woman, he was a, a human. And God was pleased with Enoch walk. How many can say that God is pleased with our walk? God took them. He translated them and brought them on home. Genesis 5 and 24. It says that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walking in the counsel of the ungodly is like taking advice from somebody that you shouldn't be taking advice from. We shouldn't be listening to them, the wicked, nor following they, their ways, nor follow their influence or deeds. Romans 12 and 2 say, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. But this is the kicker that you may prove, that you may test, that you may know what the will of God is. Right. Right. It says that a life of sanctification means what you don't stand in the path of sinners. You don't align, align yourself with them in their ways, which will lead to a personal destruction and eternal destruction. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 25, there's a road, a way of life that seems right to a man, yes. but the end leads to death. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 said, enter in at the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that lead to destruction. And many are there that those that enter in by it, but straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Second Timothy 3. We haven't gotten to that in our Bible study. I'll give her say, Beecham, this looks like one of your, your words, but it's close to it, amen? Yeah. It says 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 5. Yeah. Knowing this in the last days shall come perilous times, people disobedient to parents, people proud, people boastful, people lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Yes. Can we see it right now? Yes. It seems like e perilous times is right in our face. Amen. It says, nor is he sitting in the seat of the scornful sitting around people who, who talk about your Jesus, talk about your faith, talk about your church, talk about your walk in the Lord. We don't need to be sitting around them. You hear them when you're at the family reunion, oh man, that Jesus you serve, man, he, he ain't real, you know. Oh man, that Bible and all that, you know. We need to just get up and walk away. Amen. 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 Jesus was used to people talking about him. They talked about him. They spit on him. They jeered him. They pulled his beard. They, they put a crown of thrones on his head. They, 
they put a robe on, on his shoulders and um, told him to prophesy. And he had been prophesying all along, but they couldn't hear the message. When they put the robe and they put the crown on him, they, they didn't know that they was crowning the king of kings and lord of lords. It causes me to have righteous indignation. I get a little angry. You talking about my Jesus. I don't know about y'all. I'll be like, hey, I don't know about you, but God has done so much for me. Number two, a life saturated in the word of God. We as believers, we need to be saturated. We need to become saturated in the word of God. We have everything that pertains to life and godliness. God has given us a down payment of his spirit, which is 100% God. Ain't no failure in God, so it got to be some failure in us. Verse 2 says, a life saturated in the word of God. It said that, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. I know some of y'all get down like that with the meditation day and night. You may think I'm joking, but I know, I know you be sleeping and, and the scriptures come up in your mind. <laughs> you be sleep and uh, you, you be praying. I don't know. I know you be praying and you sleep. <laughs> if a person delights or takes pleasure in something, you don't have to beg them to do something. He would do it by himself. When you have pleasure in something, it, it, you don't need no crutch. It don't need a pride to, to push you. You just so happy just to do it, amen? How many happy doing the work of the Lord? That you don't need nobody to push you. You don't need nobody to prod you. You just happy to do it for God's sake, amen? A life saturated word is, there has to be a hunger for the word of God. How many hungry for the word? I remember the times when we was coming up in the Lord, and I turn around, I see Mark, I see Mark and his crew at the same conferences I was at. <laughs> Justin, no, Justin was with them. I say, oh, they hungry for the word. They wasn't nothing but 20 years old then. Right. But you know, we had this hunger for the Lord. I mean, we. If it was a concert, if it was a preaching, if there was a teaching, we was there. Right. Amen? Right. Amen? When you saturate it in the word, you can't get enough word. Right. You can't get enough church. Amen? Right. Amen. When you saturate in the word, you continue to invest in biblical materials. How does your library look? How does your library look? Look in your library. Do you only got two books, two study guides, and a Bible? 
when I got into the Lord, I, I, I didn't have time to wait on the pastor, not that I was being disrespectful or anything of that later, but I had a hunger and a, and, and, yeah. and a longing that I wanted to know more. And so I had to, I went on and bought me about three hundred dollars worth of material. <laughs> I bought me a concordance. I bought me a study Bible. I bought me some other things. I bought me some CDs, you know. And they were like, "Man, you buying a whole lot, ain't you?" I said, "Yeah, I want to know what the word say. How many want to know what the word say?" Amen. When you're hungry and saturated in the word, check out your music portfolio. I know, yeah, I know you like Luther Vandross and uh, you know, like Eminem and you know, <laughs> I know you like them. But you know what? My satisfaction changed to worship. I, I still got me some Luther Vandross now because I got to stay on top of my game, you know. <laughs> Even though he is a little strange, but hey, his voice is cold. <laughs> but my, my, uh, my hunger for music being in my house, music being in my car, it changed. Where I wanted to bounce, bounce, I was like, Lord, I can't, I, can't, I can't praise you with the hymns sometimes. I was saying that, you know, because the Baptist hymn, we, we live by the Baptist hymn. And when I heard the group commission for the first time and Take Six and some, some other groups and Steve Green, and when I heard Hill song, Hill, I was like, wow. I'm like, wow. And people would come over my house, what's that you playing? I said, hey, it's just worship music, you know? And, and it saturated the atmosphere of your home. And it, it cleansed your house. You know, when you have a dirty house, it's like you don't want God there. You don't want to play no music. You want to clean the house first and, and so that when God comes in, it'd be a place of worship. When you saturated by the word, a life saturated by the word, you need to check out who you are gleaning from spiritually. Sometimes you can't get the pastor will. Sometimes you can't get, get the Bobby. Sometimes you can't get the Reds or either one of us. But outside of church, who are you getting spiritual advice from? Then fifth, life saturated word is, what about your own personal devotion and praise? See, I don't wait to get here to jump and shout. I I, I hop and skip and jump in my own house. Amen. I, I cry in my own house. Give give God a hand clap of praise because I know you do it. How much are you hungry for the word of God? Proverbs 16, 24 said, the word of God is pleasant words are as honeycombs, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. The word of God is food for our souls. It's life-giving, life-changing and sweet 
like a honeycomb, waiting to be consumed. I wondered when I was down south, I asked myself a question, and I looked out into the fields, it was a brown cow. But the brown cow was eating green grass. And then when he went into the barn, they would milk the cow, and he'll have white milk. <laughs> I'm like, but what was what but but what was interesting that the cow chewed on the grass continuously. He just kept chewing. He kept just kept chewing and he kept chewing. And and that's the same way we should be in the word. Amen, Pastor. We should be chewing. Chewing. And then the results was something that someone could else use, somebody else could use. Not just yourself, but when you come in contact with somebody else, they could they could drink of what you've already partook of. Our third point is a life of stability, prosperity, and maturity. And we we went over that this morning like nobody business. <laughs> I was like, wow. It says and it was an analogy here, it says a life of stability, prosperity, and maturity. He should be like a tree planted firmly by the rivers of living waters, bringing forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. We as Christians need to be planted at a local church or where the truth of God's word is being poured out. Some of my greatest meetings, or some of my greatest revelations and joy of the word of God come from simple basement situations. Yes. Sim simple basic situation with people of other ethnic groups that, that spoke, uh, spoke a language that I didn't know nothing about. But something was happening in the basement. God was moving in the basement. Yes. Just like God is moving in the church. Yes. You don't have to wait to get to church. You can, you, can, you, can, you can get fired up about the Lord in your own living room. When a person of Holy Spirit is allowed to control your life, change starts happening in your life. You see, I didn't say it or force, but the person, the person, the yes. person of the Holy Spirit, yes. the person who contains the gifts, the person who gives out the gifts, the person who gives out the fruit, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. he will bring about change in your life. Genesis 8.22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, yes. cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease, but know his God shall supply his needs. People will begin to see the blossoms of the leaves and the fruit of the Spirit changing you. Yes. 
how many how many people how, when did people start coming up to you saying you know what there's something different about you yeah. amen yeah. Anybody, they still saying that there's something different about you you didn't make a noise. You didn't. You ain't carrying your ten-pound King James version. You you're not going around everybody saying you need to get Jesus. People just walking in the grocery store say, "There's something different right. about you." Right. People will begin to see the blossom of the leaves of the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5:22 through 25. They will see the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life. The Spirit of change and maturity. You can stand positive that to know this, that he who began a good work in you shall also complete it. Until Jesus come back, you don't have to worry about your leaves drying up. You don't have to worry about, about your, your branches getting brittle. You don't have to worry about you being disconnected from God. You don't have to worry about being disconnected from the life-giving source of God. A life of stability, prosperity, and maturity. Don't compare your season to someone else's season. A lot of times you might see somebody doing something that you're not doing, but it ain't your season yet. When a storm of life comes and the wind begins to blow, you will bend but not break. Yeah. Stability. You will bend but not break. Be concerned but don't fret. When it seems to be no hope, you know God will make a way out of no way. It's because your life roots is starts wrapping around the word of God. It starts wrapping about around the rock. And see, when your roots start wrapping around the rock, when the storm comes, it, 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 it can't uproot you. When life situations come, when your life is centered around the rock, work, you can't work, be moved. Good work, good work, good work. A life of stability, prosperity, and maturity. Yes. God will provide provisions yes. and prosperity. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. How many been blessed by God? Yes. How many God has provided for? Yes. How many you know that when they first started, they was at another level, but now they at a whole different level now. And, and, and it's just not spiritual. It could be financial. But the difference about being blessed financially, you know who to give the praise to. Right. Right. John 7, 38 said, He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. That's on the inside. That's, that's when you start quoting scriptures. That's when some start aggravating you, you, you'll quote a scripture, or you'll remember. You may not know the whole scripture, right. but you'll say some in the scripture, amen? Right, right. In closing, 
is anybody happy about being the blessed man? Jesus said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Luke 22, 42. Ain't God all right? Ain't the Lord all right? I don't hear nothing. I, I, I guess he, he, I guess, I guess he just all, sometime, he, he ain't all the way he's all right. He's good, he's good, huh? he's good, he's huh? great, he's great. Oh, huh? thank you, Lord, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you should Woo! be jumping, Woo! you should be shouting, ain't, ain't the Lord all right? Yeah. <laughs> he's all right with yeah. me. Yeah, yes, yes. He's all right. He's all right with me. Yeah. Woo! Ain't the Lord all right? He woke you up this morning, started you on your way. He's all right with me. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's all right. The blessed man. God bless you and heaven smile upon you and give you peace.